0: Hello everyone! You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Holland. As always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. And Joe, it's starting to look more and more like this could be a long year from a win and loss standpoint for the Flyers. It's starting to feel a lot like last year from a win and loss standpoint. Now, we are seeing some signs of growth from the team defensively. They're in games probably a little more often than I think they were last year, at least from the back part of the season where they were getting blown out a lot. But they're really struggling to pick up wins. They're 2-11-5 in their last 18 games. They're winless on this four-game road trip through three games. What are some of the things that are really standing out to you? It's looking like they're just struggling to score goals and not having guys finish when they really need it.
1: I think it's lack. you're seeing a lack of ability to make plays where the other team has some somebody that makes another one more play than the Flyers make. So I, I, I'll i go to the example of um, the Arizona game. Arizona's not a good team. They're, they're, they aren't. They wouldn't argue that they're a good team. But they have Clayton Keller, who makes a play late in that game, that wins the game. Or, sorry, I should say in overtime, that wins the game. Um, and then, like, last night you have JVR on that breakaway and just kind of, I don't know if the puck rolled on him or what happened, but it kind of looked like he scooped the puck up in the air and went over the net. And that's the kind of play that needs to be made. This, this team is not equipped to not take advantage of that. Um, because he had the whole top of the half of the net open. Um, and, you know they just they don't have the firepower to not capitalize on that sort of opportunity, and I feel like that's what's happening. One team capitalizes, the other team doesn't, and the other team in this scenario seems to be the flaggers in almost every game, um, except for that Colorado game at home that they won, where they they managed to put up goals. I mean, you're looking at games where even even games where they score. Those games they allow goals, and then somebody makes one more play than that. Um, and it's it's yeah, it's frustrating to watch. I, I do think it's different than last year because you look at there's definitely more positives than last year, the positives are not equaling wins, and I think that's what you're hearing after these games. John Tortorello talking about. I liked our game except for this part. I liked our game except for that part. The parts that he likes are not equaling wins, and I think that's the most troubling part. But I'm not sure that that's unexpected uh, from what you know we talked about going into this season.
0: Even t- even the times they they come out and they they score four goals, it, it feels like it's truly an anomaly. Like it's not going to happen again. Like sometimes you're like, okay, maybe they can build off of that. Maybe. Some more goals will come. Some confidence um, is built. But then the very next night, they're like in a dogfight to score two goals. Uh, I looked it up. They have two or fewer goals in 17 of their 30 games. It's just so many low-scoring games where you're forced to be perfect um, and just not enough finish. Uh, you just don't have the players to finish. J- Joe, one guy we would think – should be right up there in terms of guys stepping up and finishing and putting up goals is Joel Farabee and it just hasn't happened consistently enough.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if that's that he came back from his injury too early or that he came back and all of a sudden had much more pressure on him to carry a big part of the you know, a big piece of the pie offensively. But something's changed because there are games where you don't even recognize, like you don't realize he's playing. If someone told you after the game, Joel Farabee didn't play tonight, you would say, okay, I didn't notice him. Um, and, you know, that that's, that's troubling because Joel Farabee is a big piece of this team's future. He was a first-round pick. Um, he kind of burst on the scene quicker maybe than any of us thought. And it's almost like he's hit a sophomore slump, but it's not his sophomore year. So, um, yeah, that's something that needs to get better. And I think it's a glaring hole when you talk about this team lacking to score goals. You know, I know he's a young guy, but you have to point the finger at him to start. I mean, you can point the finger that Cam Atkinson hasn't played this year. But in terms of the guys that are playing, I don't know that you go far down the list before you get to Joel Faraby. He might be the first name on the list.
0: No, he's right up there. He's a guy that you would think would be a top three goal scorer for the team and maybe a top three point producer when he's going right. He has 15 points through 30 games, uh, five goals, 10 assists. And I I reminded myself in June when he had this surgery – to his neck. And it, it, it came out of nowhere. It wasn't like a, a routine procedure that was the end of the season last year that he knew he would have. It came up out of nowhere and he had to undergo it in June. I just thought to myself, people were going to have to be pretty realistic about where he is whenever he starts the season, because he just was not going to be up to speed. So maybe, maybe it is something where we do have to understand what he went through, how old he is, and uh, where he is at this time of the year, because His whole summer was thrown out of whack because of that, uh, in terms of everything, in terms of what he could do physically, uh, what he would do normally, um, and then getting up to speed a lot quicker than we all thought. Uh, Not many people thought he would be ready for the regular season opener. He was able to participate in camp mostly, uh, a lot of it in non-contact fashion, but he was able to go through most of it. So maybe it's something of, you may have to temper our expectations a little bit, and maybe he's got a big spurt coming soon where he feels more like himself. Uh, but I do wonder if he's just fighting it because he's just not there, from a timing standpoint, and maybe just feeling comfortable again after such a serious surgery. That's just my my guess.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know, you don't have to go back too far. Uh, I'm not sure if which I forget which overtime loss it was. He has a two on one breakaway, and the defenseman was playing the pass, and he I don't know if he decided to try to pass too late, or he tried to, to pass off the pad. I know Scott Hartnell talks about that a lot, that that's what teams work on. Whatever it was, he decided to do it too late, and he probably should have decided to shoot. The, the fact that whether he decided to pass it or pass it off the pad, the fact that he didn't decide to shoot, to me, is a concern
0: yeah. from
1: a goal scorer because I'm not sure that last year or the year before – that Joel Farabee's not shooting that puck. The defenseman's clearly playing the pass. You have to shoot the puck. Yeah. Uh, And particularly in a situation where this team needs goals.
0: Yeah, I think you really want to shoot. Our
1: our first point about, you know, you you had mentioned the the games where they score goals and it seems like anomalies. Another thing I've noticed is games when they score first, it seems like almost every game where they score first, they give up the next two goals. That seems to be another trend that's coming about is score first. You're going to give up the next two, almost to the point where last night I was waiting for it. Like, okay, when are the avalanche going to score? And they're probably going to score more than one. And they did. And, you know, so then you give up the next two goals. You give up the momentum. You give up the lead. And then you put yourself one goal away from being in a two-goal hole which for this team seems almost insurmountable and it was last night because the flyers get a goal late and they just can't, they can't tie the game. They don't have the horses to put out there to put pressure on the other team late in games. And even with the extra attacker, it's not as if you're bringing somebody out there who is a sniper, like look out for this guy. He's the extra guy on it's, it's just not, it's not happening. And, I know Al Morgani's pointed this out several times. They rarely get the goalie moving side to side. Yeah. And, you know, that breakaway, the two-on-one with Faraby the other night, maybe that was an attempt to do that, um, but it just was not executed uh, the right way. And, you know, this is these are things, again, this is not a team that is equipped to pass up opportunities that are golden – goal-scoring opportunities such as the few we've mentioned on this podcast so far.
0: Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Well, Joe, if there's one positive, it's probably that the Flyers will have some good decisions coming up on defense. Tony D'Angelo hasn't played on the road trip so far. I'd imagine he'll be good to go. In New Jersey, the reasons he hasn't played is number one, the first game, he was a healthy scratch. And then the following two games, he's been away from the team. He's been unavailable because of a family matter. So we honestly hope all is well for Tony from a family standpoint. We know what he's going through. He posted something on his Instagram account about the loss, I believe, of his grandmother. Um, so our thoughts are with Tony D'Angelo as he goes through all of that. I predict that he will be back in New Jersey because it's such a close trip. I would imagine he's home in that area, in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area. So perhaps he will be back in New Jersey. That's purely speculation. But point being, the Flyers could have some good decisions because Cam York is playing really well on this road trip. Uh, And Tony Janzo, you think, should be in the lineup when he's healthy and good to go. How does that all play out in your mind, Joe? Uh, I would think you're thinking York should stay in the lineup, but what are your thoughts?
1: Um, to me, I think both of them have to be in the lineup, and I'm going to go back to what we just talked about. This team struggles to generate offense. Both of those players generate offense, mm-hmm. so you simply have to find a way to have them both in the lineup. I and quite frankly, I don't. It doesn't matter to me who the scratch is to find them in the lineup. Nick Sealer. I think he might have played his worst game as a pro last last night. And um, maybe he needs a rest. Maybe it's kind of a, a rotational sort of thing. But, I mean, Justin Braun has has struggled, and he seems like he might be a little dinged up. We've seen some uh, him skating a little gingerly after a couple plays in the last few games. Maybe he needs a night off. Maybe it's one one night, one the next night. But to me, if you have two defensemen like these two – that are generating offense, you, you you simply cannot. If Cam York is playing the way he's playing right now, the last three games, his confidence is likely at an all-time high. You you can't take him out of the lineup. And Tony D'Angelo j- generates offense and should probably be. You know he's obviously going through a tough family situation, but physically he should be a little bit refreshed. They both have to be in the lineup to me. I'm not certain. I know exactly how that all plays out. I don't think those two play together. I think it's a one of them with Provorov on the top pair, and then one of them plays on the second or third pair with some power play time. Um, but to me, they both have to be in the lineup and involved significantly.
0: If if Cam York doesn't make the play, he does last night against Colorado. The Flyers are being shut out in those final minutes until they get that James Van Reems like goal where they have the extra skater. Like, that's purely just a 21-year-old who's very offensively talented, making a play, doing it on his own. That was just purely him for the most part, aside from winning the faceoff. Like They need that offense. They need that in there. Right. And, and even
1: the play he makes in Arizona in the overtime, he, he, he goes down below the goal line and loops out in front of the net and hits the crossbar mm-hmm. and... You know i'm looking at that play and i'm saying are there any other players on the flyers that can make this play yeah. maybe connect me yeah i mean i'm, I'm not including atkinson because he didn't play but you know that is a tremendously skilled offensive play and we saw it again last night i tell you the play he makes at the blue line last night on the goal not 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 the the second shot that he actually scores on but the play he makes to to shake the winger at the blue line it reminded me of Shane Gostas Bear the first year he came up. Yeah, The first year he came up and he would do that little shimmy at the blue line to create all kinds of space for himself. The only thing I will say is I think Cam York's stick handling skills are better than Shane Gostas Bear. So yeah. that was, I saw that and that was an eye opener for me. And to me, you can't, you cannot take that out of the lineup. And because this team struggles to score, D'Angelo can create offense. He has to go back in the lineup too, and you
0: just need to find a way. And and it gives you four really solid, I think, offensive weapons on the back end, which you need. You need because there's not enough scoring up front. So, yeah, if you have York and D'Angelo, and then you go with Provrov and Sanheim, not saying those are the pairs, but those four, I think there's solid offensive threats. It just gives you more Offense generated from the back end gives you a better chance to score. And I don't think any of those guys are going to make you a liability defensively. So I agree. I do think it has to be either Nick Sealer or Justin Braun that comes out. I think if there's a good rotation there, you can get one guy that maybe is a little banged up, feeling healthier. Um, Braun might be, I think, a little more apt to play in bigger minutes if he's needed than Sealer. So I would maybe lean towards playing Justin Braun because I think he's a little more experienced, a guy that you could probably throw more minutes on and he would be okay. You could trust him a little bit more. But regardless, yeah, Nick Taylor's been good this year aside from last night, and uh, Braun's pretty steady. But I think you need the offense in there. And to tell you how skilled Cam York is, back when the Flyers had drafted him, I talked to his uh, U.S. development coach, John Robleski, and York was on that loaded U.S. team with with Hughes and – a number of those guys, Zgris, all those guys. And the coach told me York was probably their most talented shootout guy. He said among all the guys, he thought York was actually the most talented in shootouts because his skill was that high end. I think it tells you a lot about his skill.
1: And even when you saw last night, when, when, when the Flyers were trying to had the goalie pulled and they were trying to score with the extra attacker, his stick handling, there's a subtle quickness to it that I think really keeps defenders on their heels. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this thing he does, and I've brought it on, up on this podcast before, he plays with his hands really high on a stick. So it seems like he has a longer stick than everyone else because he handles the puck with, like, with his the way he holds a stick he handles it as well as guys who hold it down lower. So it's he's got all this extra room, and there's almost like this whip effect to his passing and his shooting. And the way the, the torque on these sticks nowadays, it just – everything happens so quickly. And um, I think he – I think he's a very unique player. I really do. And maybe he learned from his starting the season and the disappointment of starting the season – with the Phantoms, but he seems like a guy who isn't phased by the moment and um, looks every bit of the an NHL defenseman right now and what we've seen in these three games and, you know, couple that with what
0: we saw last year. Um, I, I think he has to be here to stay. Obioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. Download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. Yeah, Joe, I think now is the time really to let Cam York play. Let's see some kids. The, the season is going the way I think a lot of people expected in terms of losses starting the pile, to figure out what you have in these young players, play them in situations uh, where they can possibly succeed, maybe fail and learn a little bit about them. Joe, I looked back last season, believe it or not, the Flyers were 13, 12, and five through 30 games, and then they lost 13 straight and the season pretty much fell off a cliff and it was it was done. Do you expect to maybe see some more improvement this year? Like the Flyers are behind where they were last season but the season truly just totally went awry at this point. Do you see some improvement? Do you see Tortorella maybe getting them to play a better way where some wins will come, they'll avoid some skids, and you'll at least see a team that's going to have more than 61 points? Where where do you see it? It's tough to predict. Um, I'm not sure I see an improvement with wins. I'm not sure
1: this coach is necessarily looking at positives or negatives with this team based on wins at this point he seems like a guy that's very in tune with what he has um i would argue some of the players see it because you see some of the defensemen talking about you know they're 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 not coming out and saying it but when they're lugging the puck out of their own zone and looking up and you're seeing nick delaurier and patrick brown it's not like you're seeing a ton of offensive forwards to get the puck up the ice to. Um, So I think think everybody sees what's in front of them. They're not going to talk about it that way. Um, And, of course, they're going to try to win every game. But I'm not necessarily thinking that they're basing um, positives and negatives on the record because um, it's not really about this season uh, and it can't really be about this season this this roster is not built up this is not a for this season roster if you know what I'm saying like you have guys filling in particularly in your bottom six and you're missing a couple guys up top and uh, you know, You're on a sort of let's-see-what-we-have mission here. And I'm not sure seeing what we have – I'm not going to say wins and losses don't matter because that's just not true. But in seeing what they have, I don't think that that's based on wins and losses. And I think that's where this team is. And I think everyone realizes it. Only the coach really is saying it.
0: The Flyers are 9, 14, and 7 through 30 games. Uh, we have seen them be more competitive in in games. They're in games. Uh, all three losses on this road trip so far have come by one goal. So there are some things you can, you can hit on as positives. But the Flyers did vow to be more competitive this year. Now, does that strictly boil down to wins and losses? No. More competitive could be, hey, we're in games. We're cutting down our goals against. We're giving ourselves a chance. But I do think you need to win from time to time. I do think win, wins can can be a sign of competitiveness and, and, and build some things. So I think it would be nice to see the Flyers win some games here and not finish the year 25, 46, and 11 like they did last year. Although some people probably will want, will want to see that for the lottery perspective. It will be, be a thing they'll have to balance all year. Is, are we trying to win some games? Or, yeah, are we just trying to put our kids out there and see what they can do and understand failure and losses are going to come. It's a it's a tough balance because you have a coach that's a guy that believes in winning. He wants to win. He understands the big picture. Don't get me wrong. He has said this could take years. But at the end of the day, he wants to win and hockey people want to win. Uh, so I just, I find the balance fascinating. I think it'll be fascinating to watch because we're only in mid-December and it's starting to see like, it's starting to look like this season could be a long one. Uh, but at the same time, I do believe people will want to win, players want to win, uh, and and hockey folks generally want to win. So I guess we'll have to see how it plays out, Joe.
1: Yeah, and I I would say that the the fact that they have seven overtime losses already, um, one, that's a very high number for this part of the season, and two, that shows you the lack of skill position because these teams, you're running your star players out there for multiple shifts, during three on threes, we've seen John Tortorella now go with two defensemen and one forward. They don't have enough forwards. They don't have the horses to play three on three overtimes. And and your talent deficiency is going to show up in a three on three. And that's why this team has seven overtime losses already. Um, so I think that shows they're more competitive because they're getting those games to overtime. But then when they get to the game the games to overtime, I mean, we're talking – I'm just going to recall one of them, Montreal. That is not a great team. But when you get to a three-on-three, they have Nick Suzuki. They have Cole Caulfield. And the Flyers have Travis Konechny and who? Um, we've seen Kevin Hayes struggle in that because he's not the quickest skater. Um, of course, Cam Atkinson's absence because of injury – Hurts them in a three-on-three situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've talked a lot about talent deficiency starting to show itself. These overtime games, I think, is where it's glaring the most because they don't have the forwards to 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 put out there during during these overtime sessions. Yeah,
0: yeah. The Flyers are zero seven after regulation, six overtime losses, one in the shootout. They're not even getting to the shootout because they really do seriously struggling overtime they struggle to score and then they have other teams that just strictly have more talent in those situations where the ice is open and it's just one mistake and boom and
1: there's nobody to cover up for turnovers as we saw with Kevin Hayes turnover the other night and right. then of course the next night they go to overtime, or the next game they go to overtime and Kevin Hayes doesn't play right and you know it's, Some- there's not enough guys on the ice in the three on three to make up for a bad turnover where everyone is engaged offensively and needs to go into defensive mode that quick. Yeah. This team doesn't skate well enough for that. And few teams do really with three on threes. I mean, you don't really have that luxury. If you're going to turn the puck over yeah. just inside your own blue
0: line, mm-hmm. you're really putting yourself in a bad spot and your goalie. And I'm curious as to where the Flyers see Like, do they say to themselves, Hey, we're right there. We feel like we're right there in a lot of these games and we can still build here. Or do they, do they see more reality of, like, it's, hey, we're far away. We're 9-14-7 for a reason. Um, I'm very interested and curious to see how the Flyers see it, how management sees it, how the coaching staff sees it. Um, but we should get a better read, I think, throughout December into January about where this team is, and it'll make the trade deadline in March ext- extremely interesting uh, with this team and where the direction is headed going into next season and, and down the down the runway here. But plenty to analyze, plenty to look at. We'll have it all here on the Flyers Talk podcast moving forward as the Flyers finish up this road trip in New Jersey. You can watch Thursday's game against the Devils on NBC Sports Philadelphia. We'll have pre- and post-game live produced by our very own Joe Ford. Joe, thank you so much as always. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer, for always being flexible with our time. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you for listening to the latest. Lauder's Talk Podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time.